Hello, you're welcome to If I Were the Minister for Education from Unshot.net. Interview 14. All about Guelga. This is part two of my interview with Julian Despond, Siobhan Grogan and Murren Nivaran, uh, three experts in the Irish language. And uh, in part one, I talked about that in general, why they love the language, their own story of their language. And in this part, I'm going to be tackling some of the, or grasping some of the nettles, uh, some of the big questions I like to ask and see where we go with them. Um, I hope you enjoy part two of this interview and um, I'd love to hear your comments as always. If you enjoy this or any other episode of the podcast, please subscribe to the uh, podcast on any of your podcasting platforms and leave a review as it helps me improve the podcast. So without further ado, let's dive into part two. But I, I want to go back to Clill because that's an initiative that's sort of taken a little bit of, um, you know, it, it, it was taken on. Do you know when you throw enough things, it's some, some things, some things stick. And Clill is certainly something that has given a bit of excitement anyway in the world of primary schools that, that I, well, in, in my world anyway. But I, I notice that the first year is always very enthusiastic and everyone picks visual arts or PE as the Clill subject, let's say. And then maybe the second year is okay, where they pick, you know, and they'll still pick either visual arts or P. And then it kind of, from what I can see, it, it sort of almost falls off a cliff. Um, am I just hanging out with the wrong people, or is that something you've noticed with Clill? Um, Julian, you mentioned it there, so I don't know if what they've been. Yeah. Well, I know there's a pilot course that's, yeah, I suppose, going on at the moment, and it's sort of COVID affected, so it doesn't really seem to have had major results coming from it yet. So it's something that's sort of work in progress at the moment. But I know from a group who set up a, a, a CLIL type activity before um, the department came on board, and, you know, I give kudos to ministers when they deserve them. Um, Joe McHugh was the person at the time that brought it in, um, and because he was very interested in it as well, we've been. Uh, you know, he, he understood the point that you know what works, and just what you mentioned earlier on there that the Irish medium education works because of the immersion. What else works? Irish summer colleges work because of the immersion, and the the colleges that work best in the summer are the ones who have the, do do the proper immersion, not the colleges that you know. I went to one Irish college. I go on a tangent, but I went to one Irish college where I was going around talking to different students about um, different things that were happening in the world of Irish and um, music and song and all the rest. And and third week of the course, I went into this this Irish college anyway, and I was in front of the students, and I gave them the speech about everything else. And (laughs) I was selling them a CD as part of what I was doing as well. And then the kinnerai came up at the end, and I was looking at the face, and I thought nobody understood what I had said. And I was going, third week of a course, this was... I, I couldn't understand what was going on. And then the kinner came up and said, okay, being first in a deal, um, a Clark because a deal CD, the man is actually been talking to you and he's going to, he's selling a CD. So they translated every single thing, you know, to, to the students. So obviously then, you know, students were just lazy. They didn't have to, didn't have to wait for the, um, the, the Irish or didn't use the Irish. So I think there's a lesson to be learned there. And what in I suppose, what 
well, what hopefully we'll see is that you know immersion is the way forward. That's what happens in summer colleges. That's what happens in the, in the Irish summer schools. But one thing I did notice when there was a tri- trial project before the official one in Cork, in a group called Gwaeltaka, and they had a number of teachers that were willing to use a number of schools in Cork. And I met the teachers um, when they were coming to the end of the first year they were doing it. And one thing that struck me that they were saying, like one of the, uh, some of the teachers were saying, but we brought it into the other subjects in, in our schools. So when we're teaching maths, I throw in Irish now and I use Irish more. And it's natural to the students. They, they, they've, they're very open to it as well. So I think even if CLIL doesn't move subject to subject in the school, I think you're changing the atmosphere and you're changing the dynamic in the, in the, in the show Morong. And that can be used throughout the different subjects as well, throughout the years in primary school as well. So CLIL could have huge advantages um, but if we could just get past the pilot project and get it rolled out to the <laughs> schools, it would it would help. Yeah, yeah, no, I I think that's fair. One last thing on, and I, I I'll just ask it to Javon really um, is um, English medium schools. We we tend to get our our um, our, our tricolours out and our, our green wearing green all the time because shocked in the Welga and this is where people and you see it on radio stations now as well you know on the media everyone all of a sudden starts speaking Irish for for, for two weeks and then goes back to nor- goes back to normal in inverted commas um, but shocking the Welga is is obviously you know an interesting kind of um, time to promote the Irish language and maybe liven things up a little more than um, I, I um, just recently did a, uh, my last my current podcast that's out at the moment uh, was focusing on how to teach in an educate together school in um, in March and the first uh, part of it was shocked in Aguelga and uh, part of what I was thinking of was okay well you know educate together as, as probably your uh, probably know or about uh, have an ethical education program and, and for me it was around you know diversity but what, what how can we bring the Irish language and diversity together and I I kind of did a bit of googling and actually I didn't really have to because uh, you had uh, mentioned before uh, Siobhan um, a woman named Ola Majeka Dumi um, who is a well-known um, author journalist um, a Nigerian Irish Gwelgor and she um, recorded a poem um, and I don't know if you've seen the video and but I thought for me, the importance of that video, it's only a very short poem and then she speaks for a little while about why she wrote it. Um, and for me, the importance really was when uh, there's there's a number of pe- children in Irish schools who probably think that the only people who speak Irish are white people. And I wanted to show, actually, no, there are adults around uh, Ireland who speak Irish every day. And this is an example of just one and that was my kind of sort of idea for maybe making you know Irish a little bit more relevant maybe to a to a, a more diverse let's say audience um for want of a better term Siobhan I, I, I kind of wondered I mean when it comes to Shock and Aguelga I, I suppose I'm looking for tips for for the um unconfident uh teacher who wants to do something a little bit different than doing the Kaylee or everyone wearing green for a day uh what kind of things do you think are um, you know spark spark a bit of interest in children? I think anything that the kids would find to be fun in English, <laughs> to do those through Irish. Um, so you know, I mean, that's whatever it is that your class enjoys most. Whatever the you know, whether it's art or whether it's sport or whether it's playing games, I think to do that through Irish, so that the association with Irish is something positive. Um, like if you're looking for something specific, I suppose, for Shocked and Aguilga, 
um, something that maybe like because I'd like to think that the sport and the games and all of that are done regularly through Irish but say the songs that TG Lurgan do you know where they're pop songs but they're Osgoelge um, kids love music mm. in general um, and they like to sing and sometimes maybe the singing becomes more shouty but they have fun doing it so you know without knowing it they when they hear music and they sing along to it like they're learning all kinds of Irish there without even realizing so that might be something um you know i suppose anything to do yeah anything i think to do with music if kids like sport i know not everybody does but to have all those activities um through irish um if, if you if you want to assign homework during shock maybe instead of the normal whatever it is it might be to watch something on tg Cahar and that there'll be a bit of a discussion around it the following day because i'm sure there are kids in classes that never turn on TG Cahar. Mm-hmm. Now, one of the fantastic things about TG Cahar is if you want sport, there are certain matches, big matches, that just are not available elsewhere. Mm-hmm. So people who haven't a word of Irish, who couldn't care less about the Irish language, find themselves watching TG Cahar for the sport. So that is that is a bonus. But there are some great programmes for kids on TG Cahar, and that could be homework, mm-hmm. you know, that you, you watch, you know, half an hour of, of, and we'll talk about it tomorrow, you know, that there'll be a bit of a discussion around it. Yeah, I don't know. That's a great. A few suggestions that I have. No, yeah. no, great. great. Uh, you know, I, I, it was a very long-winded question, but a very simple answer: do what they love. You know, which is a, it, it, except do it in Irish. Have you anything to add, Julian Murren, to that? Just a, you know, while we're while we're talking about that, because I'm going to move on to the thorny issues, perhaps after this. But anything, anything you'd like to add to that, that you might give a tip to a teacher. But the only my memories of Shaft and the Gaelic where I taught now post primary was anything with prizes. And prizes being, you know, yeah. chocolate or not, not medals or green ribbons. That um, the simplest of things I used to do a big line in playing bingo in Irish classes, and the prize was all that they wanted, and they would figure out <laughs> their ivracha asgailga nobody. <laughs> Bribe them. <laughs> Bribery, yes, nothing like it. <laughs> the, the only thing I'd add is, is when down the road of so what Siobhan was talking about earlier on, but it's amazing them about something that's in Irish that they wouldn't be expecting. So, you know, you could be in class and you could turn on Netflix and you could turn on Spongebob and it's Oscar mm. And the chances of them knowing that were fairly slim. But just that they would see it in a normal context, in a modern context, in a, you know, an international context or whatever, you know, when they see that Irish is there, you know. Yeah, that's, that's actually, I didn't know that. Um, that's, that's really interesting. Um, and uh, yeah, very, very good, actually. It's great. Okay, let's let's get on to some uh, controversial kind of topics, um, and I want to I want to talk about I I, 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 I it's it's a, it's a difficult topic because um, I suppose it, it's something that's said all the time, and I, I suppose uh, it, it, it's it's like gaming systems essentially, and um, we, when we look at let's say in the UK and Australia. Uh, a lot of families try to avoid state state schools to give their children an advantage by signing up to Catholic cl- uh, schools and they pretend to be Catholic for a few years and then they get their kids into Catholic schools. In uh, I, I was in Finland and I, I and I, I, I was quite surprised to see that there's a Swedish school system uh, about 5% of schools and, um, and on the Finnish... Um, uh, education website uh, they basically say yes yeah, some uh, parents 
use use strategy to um, send their children to Swedish language schools, give their children a perceived advantage. Um, And Swedish uh, language schools seem to do really well in, I didn't know Finland had league tables either, but uh, apparently they're the best performing schools. So there's this perceived potential um, of some people that will use the Gwail school for maybe not the reasons that you know you me or any uh, that many many people would use. I mean, I I see the Gwail school as a way of immersing yourself in, in the Irish language and learning through the language so that you're able to speak the language and uh, and so on. But there are, I mean, there are people who use it be, for for reasons that aren't that. And I mean, I. I the way I, the way I, I again, I, I've always used religious uh, analogies for things, uh, and I'm not sure if this is if this is this is something that will ring true with you at all. But I, I speak to a lot of, um, I speak to people in the clergy around how the Catholic system is sort of taken advantage of by people who just go for the sacraments for the party, and they don't really care about the religion at all. Uh, and they say, look, we console ourselves that we might get one or two uh, people out of a bunch. Um, who will then love the love the religion and, and take it on uh, seriously, and that's how they console themselves. Is uh, I suppose I'm making a lot of assumptions here, uh, but where, where where do you stand? I suppose on the gamification or the gaming of uh, Gwelskolna by some uh, people. Can I say I'm happy to, to jump in here? No. Um, right. I think that there is an advantage to going to a Gwelskol. Okay. Um, I think it does give you an opportunity to get everything that you have in another in another school plus the Gael get. Mm. Um, my difficulty is that there aren't enough Gael Skullina and there aren't enough places in the Gael Skullina that are there. Mm. I believe that advantage should be available to every child in the country. Um, I find it incredible that we accept that that opportunity isn't available mm. um, to every child. Um, in our local Gael school, my three kids went to the local Gael school. They're now in the Gael Kloshta. Um, but there was an American lady there and her children were in the Gael school. And I had a, a conversation with her one day where she said, I cannot understand why every parent in the country doesn't want their child to go to a Gael school because you would pay thousands and thousands of dollars for an immersion education in America. Mm-hmm. It would be considered, you know, to be hugely elitist yeah. because you need to spend so much on it and um, you don't pay for a Gael school education in this country but there aren't enough spaces there for everybody who want them who, who wants them and um, and I just find it incredible that there isn't um, the willingness um, or the interest in the government to provide a Gael school education for everybody who wants one okay okay what do you think Julian yeah okay can I mention, yeah, I, you know, the grass school that we're in and the parents that I meet, um, none of them strike me as if, you know, they're doing it as a, you know, as part of a gamification or that they're looking at, you know, the, you know, they all seem genuine um, in the reasons why they're sending their children to the grass school. And I think while I can't say for certain that there isn't any parent that would do it for the reasons that you mentioned earlier, I think the vast, vast majority don't. They send their, their, their children to the West Coast because in, in, in a lot of cases it's because they want their children to have Irish where they didn't get that opportunity that they had when they were in school because 95% of parents don't speak Irish at home. They send children to the West Coast anyway. So it's probably more that than, than anything mm-hmm. else. 
I think I agree with Siobhan that, you know, when you don't have those spaces available, when, this, when the mental spaces aren't available, well, then it's obviously going to be a lot harder to get um, students, especially students, new um, students that might become just recently come into the country to get them into grad school because there's no spaces there. And one thing that's bugs me an awful lot is that, um, that the Department of Education won't recognise the advantages of bilingual education. They just they they just won't look at it. And if parents were to if you were to do awareness campaign, and this is probably why we don't do m- many awareness campaigns of of Gaelic and Irish medium education, is because you would just disappoint so many parents if they were to f- suddenly uh, understand the benefits of sending their children to Gaelic The huge the demand that could be created from that would be so disappointed when they find out well there's no spaces for your children. Especially at second level, where there's only you know when you think about it, you know, the difference with Wales, they're started off similar to where we were in terms of the amount of students attending a Welsh medium education. They're now at twenty three percent, and they're aiming for forty percent, and they're putting plans together to hit forty percent and putting resources behind it. In Ireland, we're at uh, what's it eight percent in primary school and four percent at secondary school. It's a national disgrace in in many many respects in the way that there's no you know that there's no reason why we couldn't have planned for this and we couldn't um, ha- be where the Welsh are now or even better where the, than where the Welsh are. Now. And what did the Welsh do right? Well, they take it seriously. I mean, they're, they, you know, there's a whole of government approach. That's something that the Irish government put into the program for government. They said there would be a whole of government approach for um, the Irish language, but they actually do do that in Wales. And the Department of Education are the people that are behind that forty percent target and trying to reach that forty percent target in in Ireland. We spend most of our time trying to get the Department of Education to open, you know, one new school or one new Gwaelkloshta, and the the amount of um, the amount of resources they put behind fighting that instead of actually saying, well, actually, we've got something good here. This could be amazing for the country, and not only just for in terms of the bilingual education, you know, but the advantages that come from that, not just the language learning, you know, the the problem solving, the analytical thinking, the problems, you know, helps with dementia in future years. There's so many economic reasons to do it, not only, um, you know, for the language as well. And they're just, they're just doomed to it. They, they, they just cannot open their minds to it. And how do we change that? Well, that's something obviously that yeah, we're all probably pushing in one way or another. But, um, you know, it's it's something that needs to be done. Yeah, I yeah, I mean, I, I, I guess, I mean, I trained in Wales and uh, when I went over there, I suppose one of the one of the things that I noticed that was different to when I came home was I didn't speak Welsh, obviously, um, but there was a teacher who taught Welsh for me and I learned Welsh, a little bit of Welsh uh, through her um, when she came in three days a week and did far better Welsh classes than I could ever dream of, than I could ever dream of because she had that passion, and it felt like that was a really good starting point for the base that they may have been coming from at the time. This is I trained twenty years ago, so I, I don't know what the system was like over there at the time, but uh, it, it, there certainly weren't for you know twenty percent uh, Welsh medium schools. Um, uh, in fact, the school I was in was a, was in a Welsh speaking area in Aberystwyth, and. Um, 
I mean, is that a was that a good starting point? I mean, I I, I just I, I sometimes think we we blame the governments completely, but there's the other side. You know, you've got the government there and you, uh, at the top, and then us at the bottom, really trying to drive these things. Is like, do you think that was the right way of going about it, or is it, has any other country succeeded in a different way? I'm just curious because I think we can do it. I mean, I, I, I I'm I'm confident we can do it. Have you any sort of, sorry, Siobhan or Murren on that? Well, I, I think um, going back to your, your original question in relation to people sort of playing a system in relation to Gael Khalashdi, I you know, I don't think that actually, I know it's often said, but I don't think it holds water just because a, a group of parents, whatever their backgrounds are, recognise that, as Siobhan has said, the advantages of, you know, Irish medium education, uh, that they recognise those advantages in many, many ways, and not just those silly league tables that are published every year, Mm -hmm. but in relation to a much broader cultural experience in relation to sport and music and this, that and the other. I I, I think, you know, that's what parents, the majority of parents, want their children to go to the best available school. Mm-hmm. So therefore, if it is perceived that it, the Gaelic the, let us say, is the best, you know, school, you know, so be it. And I, I don't think they should, even if they show no particular interest themselves in Irish, don't try to even speak Irish. You know, that's not the issue. That it, it's what they choose for their children, and all parents do what they think is best for for children. Mm. In relation to, to like what Julian's been saying about setting up schools, and I, I know we're very quick, and I, I'd be top of, top of the queue, I suppose, you know, blaming politicians and blaming the government. But the way Ireland is structured um, in, um, for education, I mean, without the support and positive support from the Department of Education, like parents are banging their heads against brick walls. Mm. I mean, there is a huge demand for um, Irish medium education. There's also a huge demand for Educate Together, and and rightly so. And like, there's no reason why and any new Gaelic school that's set up is actually uh, an Educate Together school. They're not, you know, no new Catholic schools have been founded for years. Mm-hmm. But um, the department will look at, you know, okay, we need a school here, and they do a sort of a survey of parents. And if a majority of parents, regardless mm-hmm. of how many people, you know, participate in the survey, they will go with the majority. So when, even when there's a sizable minority mm-hmm. of people seeking Irish medium education, they're just ignored. And the, the, the school a new school becomes, you know, is, is an English medium school. Other countries um, who are doing well, I mean, Wales seems to be now, you know, the, the great example of how a, a, a whole government are standing together that they have a policy not bits of policies and a bit here and a bit there and because that's what's going on with the, with education at the moment here we have a policy for wealth education now they're talking about a policy for irish medium education and then there'll be a policy for some you know something else mm-hmm. and instead of looking at the whole picture and having a you know a total policy for Irish in the education system. I think we need that. And I think that is to a point what Wales have, that they have, you know, they're looking at holistically at the whole issue around um, the promotion of the Welsh language in their education system. Mm. And where would we start? Like what's, what would be, if you were, I mean, I, I will be asking you if you were the Minister for Education, what change would you make to the education system? But I'm going to ask you, so I, I'm going to point it directly at like making, I suppose, 
being inspired by, let's say, Wales. I mean, there there's are, are other countries that I know of. I know in the Isle of Man, Manx was 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 another success, um, and I, I was following that a little bit. Um, and then you've got like, I suppose, an outlier like Israel, where where I mean, I think it was probably more to do with nationalism and or yeah. ethno ethnic and so it was, it's slightly different. I I mean, I think you probably heard, you know, the best thing could ever happen to Ireland is to be re um, you, you know get get England to basically rule us again, and then we'd all be speaking Irish tomorrow, kind of thing, but. Um, you know, given but that is that is what's happening in in, in the Ukraine at the moment. Apparently, there's a huge uh, surge to, um, towards uh, speaking Ukrainian, even places in many places in, in Ukraine. As you know, they're Russian Russian speaking Ukrainians, right. but now they're they're um, wanting to use the Ukrainian language rather than Russian. So I, I should start a campaign to God save the king, kind of thing, and. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and we'll be we'll be speaking Irish in no time at all. Um, but I mean, but on serious thing, like, do, do we know what these countries did? You know, as a first step, I know what we know. We, we know what the solution is potentially the final. The, 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 at least I won't use the term final solution. But you know, where, where we want to be at the end. What what was the what was the first step that that kind of got this going? joined up thinking I'd say. sorry Julian you go ahead no, I was just going to go back to what, what you were saying there Marin, which is I think is the basic point is you know there's no since the foundation state state in the south there's never been a joined up thinking um, comprehensive plan for the teaching of Irish or for Irish in the education system from preschool the whole way up to third level and that's where we teach Irish at all all levels but yet there's nothing that connects it one, one to the other and something that we've been in a number of groups have been looking for in in, in, in in the last few years is the idea that we would have such a joined up plan, but that it would also be based on European common framework of reference for languages so that it would give it would, it would bring in a system where we're actually skill based learning and you know where you are in terms of the level of Irish you have. Because a lot of people do the leave insert, for example, will come out and you know, they can get, get a good mark, but that doesn't mean they're necessarily able to speak the language. Mm-hmm. So this idea would be that you know you would have it based on the on the framework, and that would help you know where you are. So you could be at a, you could be at B two, for example, in your oral Irish, but you may only be at B one on your written Irish. You know, if someone has a learning difficulty, rather than excluding them from learning Irish, which is basically what happens at the moment with the exemptions is that you would actually be able to include them by maybe them focusing on oral Irish rather than the written Irish, if that's where their learning difficulty is. Mm-hmm. You know, so to have a comprehensive system from start to finish is something we don't have and just makes so much sense <laughs> of why we should have it. You know, it really, really, it, it bugs me that, you know, that the government, after the general election 2020, did actually say that they would work on this, that it is part of the programme for government, um, yet nothing's happening on it and while at the same time we see all these other decisions that are going to have hu- huge influence in terms of the language in the future so for example the, you know, while Lorna Foley today said she's postponing for a year the decision to change paper one to the end of fifth mm-hmm. year that you have teachers completely against it and the um, students against that decision the Sunrichti or the, the specifications or the syllabus for leaving cert um, were a mess put together by the NCCA and they were a mess so they're not going to go ahead with those the ones that they have for junior search at the moment are 
uh, in a mess as well. They've just done uh, some research on that lately, and it's going to come out soon. It's going to show how much just, um, teachers are saying it doesn't make sense. And one of the things I have to say on that that, that, that really, <laughs> I think, um, needs to change is that there should be experts in the actual subjects that, that, that put these proposals together. You have, as I said, the, the NCCA came back with the suggestions for specifications for leaving cert, which have made a mess of the whole system if they'd gone through. But why were the specifications so wrong? They were so wrong because this, the, the, with all goodwill, I'm sure, and great intentions in the NCCA, they don't have the, they don't have the expertise to do that. They didn't get the teachers, the students, the, um, you know, the educational experts who work in Irish to put the proposals together. But I think that's something that we do very badly in Ireland that we're set up a system where you know they're not we don't have the right people making decisions or putting the proposals together great great no that's that that that, that that's um i think i think that's fair really I, I mentioned this earlier like is the solution just to make all schools well schooling really you know is, is that ide- ideally what, what where we want to go i mean i i, I think it is i mean I, I i'm not trying to say it to be controversial i mean I, it, it it just seems to make logical sense that if we want people in ireland to speak Irish as a native, as, as their first language or their native language, then it makes sense to to do that. Uh, is that too simplistic? I think it would be fantastic if all schools were Gaelic Scullina. I suppose the challenge is to how to have a situation where all teachers, all primary school teachers, feel competent and confident to teach Oscailge. Um, I see no reason why teacher training can't be 100% through Irish. Mm. I see absolutely no reason why that can't be the case because, um, as Julian mentioned earlier on, he said, you know, the first time that people should meet uh, in training that they can go to the Gaeltacht so that their their initial relationship is Osgaelge. Well, I don't see why that can't be continued through all of their training. You know, if you're learning all the different aspects of teaching, how to teach, whatever it is that you need to learn, that all of that can be done on Skwelge, and that would obviously improve the, lang- the competency with language. I think, you know, obviously one of the challenges around that is not everybody would feel competent going into the training college if everything is going to be on Skwelge. So my suggestion would be that teacher training starts at different times for different people. Mm-hmm. So, for example, if you have come to the country and you have no Skwelge, that there is a course that is, you know, government-funded, uh, that is fully immersive um, and for the people who are starting from scratch with the Gaelge. So that, you know, so, for example, using the TEG levels, if you're AAHAIN, that you start at a certain time and then when you reach the level of AADO, that's when the AADO people come in and when you reach BAHAIN, that's when the BAHAIN people come in and when you reach BAADO or whatever... So that, obviously, if you never move from Ahane, and you will, if you're immersed in Irish, you will. But if, in theory, if you never move, well, then you just don't make it to teacher training. Mm -hmm. But that there is a government-supported programme there. So that it may take some people longer to become trained as a teacher. But at the end of it, you will have people who are fully competent to to teach through Irish. And I think uh, there's no reason why that can't start you know, next year. There's no reason why that can't start if there's a will there. Yeah, um, yeah, and I think I mean, I think you, you can see that. Like, if I if I go to the Gwaltacht for my for my teacher training or whatever it is, and it's exactly what happened when I did. Now it's again twenty years ago, so things probably have changed. But you were kind of put into a group of similar similar levelled 
Belgory. So like, you know, uh, when I was there, Mary McAleese was the president at the time and she used to go to that Gweltacht every year and everyone wanted to be in her class. So that was the wrong class to be in because, <laughs> but once you, you kind of, every other class was dream to your ability and if, going back to I mentioned Finland earlier um, that if, if you move to Finland your 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 children are sent to a, a some, I don't know if I agree with this particularly but you know logically I suppose it makes sense you're sent to a, a, a sort of special school to get you you know um, immersed in Finnish so that you can actually go to your regular local school in order to you know and to survive and you know Finland is very very similar to Ireland in in terms of the amount of uh, recent multiculturalism uh, migration and all the rest of it uh, I, I, I have slight discomforts around you know putting people into kind of you know sort of prep schools before they can go into the normal place but I mean I get the logic behind it so I mean it's not it wouldn't be an alien kind of thing to do and, and and as we're talking, I'm seeing so many similarities to like what my main, you know, my main passion in education is around um, equality based education. So that we're, we, we, we kind of that everybody who go, everyone should be able to go to their local school and have access to the whole of what the school offers. And currently, you know, for mainly religious reasons, that can't happen right now. But when you think about the, the Irish language, it's, it's a very similar kind of thing that the barrier, it, I always find it very odd you know, that the Irish education system is divided along religious lines. And then there's this other line where Irish is. And I try to think, like, why can't we just simplify everything where every school, we all want to speak Irish. So, I mean, if we're we're living in Ireland, I mean, and that's our language, that's the language we should all be speaking. And we should all be able to, you know, it doesn't matter what background you come from, you should be able to go to your local primary schools it shouldn't be i i'm i'm not into choice when it comes to public services i mean am i is my analogy flawed i mean or what what do you think Marin? i i i go on about this a lot so i i love to hear what people think yeah i mean idealistically of course i would agree with you i mean um love to see every primary school in the country becoming a girl's school but you know practically it's not going to happen mm. you know there are so many practical reasons apart you know the, the whole um it's the 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 way schools are run even it's it's very difficult in some cases for girls not to, not to keep going but to have the full gamut of staff to support children in their schools and i'm thinking say along the lines of um special needs assistance for example for schools because you know you'd have to get that all sorted that the training for special needs assistance would all would also be done as Galia and uh, all of that the other thing I, I would be concerned about that you know we, we are all for choice we want as we speak here we all want that choice to be available for the um, Gael school but um, at the same time there are people and it, it might be their choice not to um, um you know, send their children to a bail school. And I think they should, that has to be respected. I think also, unfortunately, many of um, the, the children whose backgrounds are not, uh, is not Irish, they, those parents seem not to be choosing Gaelskine for their children. And it's not, as a, it's not that they're being kept out like I'm a chairperson myself of a Gael school and you know we're certainly not turning away children mm. of, of diverse um, backgrounds they're just not um, making any applications to the school um, can, I, can, I, can you stop on that one because is there something and it's, it's, I'm curious more than anything else yeah. is, is it, it, 
Is it is it enough? I mean, because I, I I'm coming from this from a similar angle with with let's say other types of schools to say well they're not applying so what can sure what can we do? Uh, is there a movement within what uh, you know your organisations to seek out diversity? I I I'm, I'm doing a kind of campaign at the minute that I, I'm trying to convince you know schools uh, you know in terms of because there's no diversity in teaching you know how do we get diverse teachers? Well, why don't we welcome them? to our schools when we have a you know I, I i do a bit of poetry and in the last number of years you get the every competition every journal says we welcome submissions from people from diverse backgrounds we welcome i mean did, is, is something happening in the you know it, I, I think the gaelidicus which is formerly known as Gaelic, the organization that mm-hmm. is there to support the setting up of new schools i mean they um have you know produced a lot of you know information leaflets and their it's on their website in in various languages and trying to encourage um you know and let people know that there's no reason why their children even if neither english nor irish is their uh, their home language mm. but but then you get messages from the again okay i'm blaming the department of education again but you know you get these mixed messages because to get an exemption from irish from studying irish if uh, in if neither english nor irish is the language of the home the ch- a child is exempt now what message does that give any anybody except you know well you know obviously they're not going to take out on an exemption from english so um you know they sort of feel that the message is that irish would be a, a burden mm. you know and i mean these children some of them have you know many languages and that then they're told well another language would be bad for you yeah. there are also issues around children with um special educational needs that again um sometimes it's improved a bit but not greatly that um, parents are advised that um, their children should not be in Irish medium schools nor should they be learning Irish again because it's too you know too much of a burden too challenging for them you know they've enough to deal with without dealing with that language and those messages that concerns parents even parents who who I have known parents who were rearing children with Irish mm. who lost confidence in that choice. So, you know, there are an awful lot of issues around there. But but going back to the initial thing, I think, yes, making Gael School now out of all schools, but certainly, what, as I said before, having a, mer- a two-year two initial immersion period would go at least half a step towards um, building people's uh, confidence and knowledge. And I think that's actually quite possible, okay. rather than my extreme measure. Like, if I mean, in any school, there's going to be two, two you know, uh, there's going to be enough teachers that will be able to do an immersive, um, yes. uh, uh, you know, education system. And I think that might work. I, I know this wasn't on our on our show notes, but I can't not ask because you've you mentioned the exemptions from Irish. I'm really uncomfortable with the latest changes um, with the exemption of Irish, and I'm not that passionate. Uh, as I said, I'm, I'm, a, I'm an ambivalent uh, kind of uh, person when it comes to the Gaelga uh, and where it should go a little bit. But um, the, the latest um, Irish exemption measures are—did uh, you think they were? Do you think they've been? A good thing, or or, or, or an absolute disaster, um, Julian. I haven't heard from you in a while. Yeah, can I, I suppose uh, one thing I'd say on the exemptions. I think the new system, and this is what I well, I gave Joe McHugh kudos earlier on for <laughs> for certain things he did with 
setting up Irish medium schools and and partial immersion. Um, he let this one through, and I think this was the wrong course of action. I think you know you see it in secondary schools now. There's forty thousand plus students that have exemptions in secondary schools, which is you know. And when we talked to the department about it, when they were talking about it recently to do a review, which wasn't a review, um, they uh, we said, "Well, do you have any?" Um, are you doing any work to reduce the amount of exemptions that are needed? Are you doing anything to support students more? And their answer was no, no plan, absolutely nothing there to do that. And we got in touch with the Welsh there just to find out what they're doing at the moment. And they don't have exemptions. Um, what they're actually doing at the moment is they keep the students in the classes, but they may not have to do the exams, but they're in the classes and they're learning as well. Mm-hmm. So there's there's lessons we can learn from around the world, obviously, and, and to best of my knowledge, majority of the schooling systems that have more than language don't have exemption systems as well. Um, because what I suppose what we're doing is we're, we're, we're creating a system where a student is excluded from learning Irish, in my opinion, rather than trying to include them at the ability they have or whatever it is. If they come late into the system, and this again comes back to the idea of, of linking everything to the framework, the European framework, so if you had that such a system, someone comes late in the system, for example, that then you know they could do the A one and get leaving certain marks based on that. Um, instead of saying, "Well, you came in, <laughs> you know, you don't need to do Irish or sit at the back of the class or whatever it is." Yeah, yeah. I, I, I was, I, I, I uh, was listening to a really. I can't remember. His, I know his name. His first name is Porik. He's a, a Porik Goon, is it? Doon. He's a lecturer in DCU. Oh, oh dear. Oh, Yeah, yeah. And he. He gave a brilliant um, talk at the IPPN um, conference a, a couple of years ago uh, about what a disaster the uh, th- this was going to be for, for the language. And uh, he absolutely convinced me um, uh, by the end of it. And I became uh, quite passionate for about a day or two about how, how, how disastrous this would be. But I think particularly because he, he told the story of his his daughter who, who has an a, additional need of, dysle- I think, dyslexia is the, um, and he, you know, could have, uh, got an exemption from Irish for her, but didn't, and and uh, and the story obviously um, unfolded that obviously that was the right decision, and, and I suppose he argues quite well and uh, why why this wasn't a good a good thing. I just wanted to touch on it because I think it's important when we talk about Irish about, and I think it touches on your point, Mirren, about the message we send out when we uh, when we have certain policies. You know that what what do they actually say? Irish is. Irish is optional in a way, or if you find it hard, or you know, or perceive it to be hard, then all of a sudden, you know, it, it's okay not to do it. And what does that say about the hierarchy of language and and so on? I I, I, I want to come to an end on on the on the podcast, and I, I I I have to ask you what you do if you're the minister of education. But I want to kind of wrap everything we've we, we've set up and really talk about the, where we're where we are and how far away are we from our dream and I, I think we might share the same dream in, in many ways that Irish Ireland becomes a, a truly bilingual country and in, in some ways that we all should be speaking in Irish to each other on a day-to-day basis and we and we, we begrudgingly have to speak English to people if they, uh, <laughs> if they if they if they want to talk in the same way as when I go to the Netherlands or Iceland or somewhere like that you know they'll go oh God, all right, fair enough I'll talk English to you uh, and can do so quite capably and um, are we? How far away are we from there? And and have we any hope of 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 being an Iceland, a Netherlands, a Sweden, a Norway, pretty much every European country? Uh, 
no one's jumping in, so <laughs> because it's a difficult question. Um, can I, I'll just say that uh, I'm a glass half full type of person. Um, you know, we do an awful lot of lobbying on different issues and how we can actually change the system. And I believe that, you know, if we can get the system changed, that we could, you know, work towards, you know, being more bilingual and, um, you know, and that would only be of benefit to the country. Um, and I think, you know, we could, we could, we could surprise ourselves. I think I think we have a lot of the basics. When I say when we were talking earlier about you know different systems, you know, in the north of Ireland, they don't teach Irish in the in the system. So only seven percent around would have a knowledge of Irish, and that's a knowledge. That's rather than saying that somebody has Irish. Mm-hmm. Whereas in the south, you've plus forty percent. So we have a basis there that we can work from. But I think this humongous amount of work we need to do when it comes to what we've talked about tonight. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a huge amount of work that needs to be done in terms of changing the system, um, providing Irish medium education, providing CLIL, uh, providing you know, te- or providing better training for teachers. If all that was done, then you imagine the difference you could make over a period of 20 years. Mm. You know? I, I think, it, I mean, 20 years seems to be the, the figure that every time I see an initiative kind of brought up, um, that, that that's the target, you know, 20, here's a 20 year plan and, and it, it all makes a huge amount of sense to me anyway. Um, I suppose uh, my, my, my last thing is because, uh, and you, you don't have to, this doesn't have to be about the Irish language, but I, I, I love to, I have to ask all of my guests on the interviews, if you were the Minister for Education and you could make one change to the education system, uh, what would it be? So you've got a benign dictatorship um, over the education system and it has to be primary education, by the way, that you're focusing on. Um, what one change would you make? I, I'll go around the table really and, and Murren, what, 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 would your, what would you do if you were given the reins? Well, back to what I have um, mentioned a couple of times before, I would gather together people who are involved and are knowledgeable and are experts in education in this country and um, start to develop a policy for Irish in the education system from, as Julian said earlier, from um, the millionary up to third level. Uh, and um, you know, and then implement that uh, policy. There's lots of policies that sometimes don't get implemented, but that's that would be my dream. That is your dream. Brilliant, uh, Siobhan. What would you do if you were the Minister for Education? Yeah, I suppose my comment is around inclusion. That um, you know, inclusion is a buzzword that's used. It's thrown around. Um, and I was at a conference recently, and it was about inclusion and diversity you know EDI equality and Gaelga wasn't featured everything else in the world was there but Gaelga wasn't so I think stop excluding kids for various reasons from various things you know stop using set teachers as substitute teachers you know so kids who who need to be included more need to be supported more you know if somebody has a perceived difference be it um, some sort of additional need or be it that they've moved to the country or whatever it is, stop thinking that excluding them is the way forward because it's not. All we're doing is highlighting that maybe there is a difference there or, or, there, or that there isn't a difference, but we're creating a difference that isn't there. So I think inclusion needs to be properly resourced. Um, if it's not resourced properly, it's box ticking. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, my my comment would be around inclusion. Yeah, I mean, I, I have to say, I, 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 just to add on, add on to your point that 
the, the word there's a, a few words in the education system that uh, and at this time I'm going to use my my little fr- the phrase of modern phrase or what snowflake phrase of triggering me um of but one of the words that triggers me is inclusion when it comes to the education system because I actually think it, it I think before we even talk about inclusion you have to define what inclusion actually means because I, I agree with what you're saying we when we, we talk about it but we're actually do exactly the opposite when we when we when we're talking about inclusion uh, and um, you know it, it, when it comes to additional needs when it comes to diversity what in all its um, in all its kind of areas and then when we talk about language diversity as well we're we're doing all the wrong things all the opposite things that are inclusion we're we're actually tolerating I feel rather than rather than including um, uh, and I'd rather we we actually just said you know we're a tolerant uh, you know education system rather than an inclusive education system because I actually don't think we're anywhere near inclusive so I, I I'm all over that I'm, I'm with you on that Joanne absolutely and Julian what would you do if you were the minister well I would have done what Marin said originally there, so I'll come in with something uh, slightly different. But I suppose it, 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 it's, it's part of what what will be included in an overall system, and uh, is the idea of immersion. I think that the focus needs to be hugely on immersion. In that, be that English medium schools or Irish medium schools, that immersion is key, and we see it, and in and that's how we create successful speakers of the language is through immersion. Um, so that will be the focus, the main focus I would have as part of that um, policy to try you know, to change the way we do it in schools. It would be a huge emphasis on immersion. Yeah, I, and I think, I mean, we've been talking for, gosh, uh, uh, almost an hour and a half here. Uh, I'm going to make this a two-parter by the, by, <laughs> for sure. Uh, but um, I, And thank you for taking so much time uh, to see me. And I, 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 I've, I've always talked about, I think the word immersion has jumped out uh, at me as... As, as as probably the biggest uh, part of the solution, um, if we're going to if we're going to succeed, um, if we're, if we're obviously not going to speak in the language, we're not going to um, we're not going to be able to do very we're not going to be able to go very far. Um, but I, I, if people were interested and uh, and and wanted to find out a little bit more about what they might be able to do in their classroom, what they might be able to do for their school, um, is there you know I, I I'm not sure if you're willing to be contacted, but I mean certainly your organisations to be contacted. Um, what's the best way of maybe getting in touch with with some of you? Maybe Julian, you, you might kick us off. No problem. If you want to get in contact, uh, it's Julian A. at Canag, C-N-A-G.ie, or on Twitter, at Jules or one Fantastic. Thank you. And Siobhan, if people wanted to say hello, ask you any questions about being a parent or a teacher or anything like that. Yeah, well, anybody, particularly in the Kildare area, anybody who's raising their kids through Irish or who wants to get involved in community events through Osgoelga uh, or wants to find out about language classes, and contacting Kildare Le Gaelga, um is a good way to start. You can t- contact me personally at Siobhan, S-I-O-B-H-A-I-N, um, at kildarelegaelga.ie or just go on to There's We have a website that, you know, and get in touch. No problem at all. Anybody who wants to, to get involved in the Irish language, particularly around the Nace Allens area, but generally in, in the county of Kildare. Fantastic. And, and Mirren, I'm not going to take you out of retirement, but if, if people wanted to <laughs> ask you any questions or anything like that, is no, well, I, the first thing I'd suggest is that people, if uh, teachers um, who are looking for resources and ideas and to find out what is out there, it's often said that there aren't many resources available to support the teaching of Irish. There's a huge amount. Okay. And if um, teachers or anybody 
wants more information, they should get onto the COG website, C-O-G-G dot I-E, and you know, take it from there. And there are education officers there who will support, even go to schools, talk to whole staffs about you know teaching Irish, because COG is not only dealing with Gaelic Scullany and Gaelic schools. It has a statutory remit in relation to the teaching of Irish in all schools in the country. Then, if anybody wants to contact me, they're welcome to do so. I won't be able to give them <laughs> much of my advice, but my email address is murrannem at gmail.com. Fantastic. And, and thank you for being so so generous uh, with, with, with those uh, with those offers. I mean, it, it's an amazing kind of thing. We could actually do a full series on, on, on just and tacking on a little bit. I mean, I would have loved to have touched on like the area of technology and Guelga and, and education. I, I think see that as a massive potential area uh, for, for success. Mm-hmm. We probably could have you know delved much further into topics and things like that. But it, it's been so wonderful. And I really, really appreciate uh, I mean, you, you are really, really busy people. And, uh, and you know, this is a, a small podcast. And, um, and I really do appreciate you taking the time uh, to talk to me. And, and give me the, the time and to do it through English because I, I, I think um, you know whether whether I suppose we like it or not uh, I, I mean most of our listeners are probably listening through the medium English and maybe you know in 20 years time if this plan goes well we can do this again in fl- fluently Osquelga and, <laughs> and and maybe even I who uh, will we'll be able to have the winning to get through it but uh, Julian, Esteban and Marin, thank you again for joining me on the podcast uh, if I were the Minister for Education uh, and I should end with a uh, actually a girl of Mahabwif and August uh, Slán uh, live afresh in. Slán, So there you have it. Uh, part two done um, a really interesting perspective uh, for me anyway uh, as I said at the very beginning in the last part I'm somewhat ambivalent to the Irish language in a way or a bit frustrated that we should make up our mind whether we're going to uh, speak Irish or not in this country Um, I'm not sure if I fully have my answers yet but I certainly uh, learnt a few things I mean the main thing really and I suppose something that I I will definitely bring with me when I'm talking about uh, Gwelga in the future in education is the whole idea of immersion and why that's I guess, probably the most important thing. How do we get from a position where we are now in English medium schools where we definitely can't say it's immersion? And I really actually am turned out. I mean, I personally, and I said this in the interview, you know, why don't we just turn everything into a Gwale school? And, you know, there, there is that slight unrealistic um, goal by just saying that. And I don't think we really got to a point where we got from where we are now to a point of full immersion. But I do think actually one of the first steps is maybe to have the first two years of primary school education as full immersion, because I think we have enough teachers in the system which will allow for that. Um, And, you know, maybe over time uh, that can be increased to three, then four, then five. And all of a sudden we have an eight year full immersion program. And actually there will be no need for the term Gwell School. We'll just have Skullina. Um, I think there's a number of areas where I don't think we made uh, a huge amount of progress. I, I still think that, um, you know, there are a number of people who will game an education system. I don't, you know, know if we agreed uh, that there shouldn't be choice in the education system. I mean, I know I'm fairly alone in that, but I do think it becomes a barrier if we are trying to pursue a particular um, education system that if we allow too much choice, then we actually uh, find ourselves stalemated. Um, I mean, I don't think 
having the option of a Grail school or having, you know, 10% of schools to be Grail Scholar and 10% of schools to be, you know, non-denominational or multi-denominational and then 10% to be Catholic. 10, you know, this kind of thing that we, we end up segregating children and we don't actually end up creating an education system or a society where we all work together. But I mean, that's probably for another discussion. You know, the, and the mad thing, about, I suppose, about this and the most interesting thing for me about this really is every topic that we covered, we only really were able to scratch the surface a little bit. And I didn't want to, I suppose you didn't have time to press harder and harder into these topics. And I was going to, you know, the temptation all the time is to go, why, why, why not, why not? But, uh, you know, look, I suppose when you meet people for the first time, you don't want to be too uh, pushy. But I think we got a lot out of it I, I, and I'd hope you agree. Listen, that is it for uh, this month's interview. Um, I really enjoyed it. Um, I'm hoping that we can do this again. I, I hope I haven't put any of the uh, the folks off maybe talking to me again. We might delve into something else. I, I mentioned technology and Guelga is something I think would be a really good discussion, but I would also really like a, a really strong conversation about realistically creating uh, a system where we become a bilingual nation if that's what we want to be. So listen, thanks very much for listening. All the very best. Slán live galer, I have to say that, of course, and uh, all the very best. Take care. Bye-bye. <laughs>